Teams are clinching playoff spots, so what does it mean for the season's final week? Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, September 18th. I'm Al Melker. I am joined on this very episode by Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, we're going to let real baseball intrude on this show a little bit. Uh, There will be fantasy impacts, I promise. But uh, we've had the first two teams already clinch postseason berths. The Dodgers did it first, then the White Sox joining them. And uh, the Rays, as we're speaking, on the verge, just uh, innings away uh, from a likely clinch. Uh, they are leading the Orioles uh, as we speak, and it just takes them one more win to, to join uh, the White Sox and the Dodgers in that playoff pool. So um, the first new, news item I think we should get to here is A.J. Pollock uh, leaving the uh, Dodgers game. Uh, that was actually back on Wednesday with a tight hamstring. He is uh, day-to-day. And um, with the Dodgers clinching, it just seems like, first of all, it seems like we've been here before with A.J. Pollock. Yes. But it, uh, yeah, um, and I know last year we were, we were also here with Max Muncy. He was hurt uh, this time a, a year ago, and he played sparingly down the stretch. So do you think uh, we should expect the same with Pollock here in 2020 with him uh, dealing with a hamstring injury? I think we probably should. I mean, I think any of these guys who are on teams that whether they've already clinched or whether they're about to clinch like Tampa or whether they're going to clinch in the next couple of days where you know, we're really starting to get into a good group of teams, I think we have to assume that anyone who is the least bit banged up is going to sit uh, for some time over the final week, week and change of the season. And really, probably any regular is going to get a day off or two here or there where you wouldn't have expected it a month ago. So that's just something to keep an eye on with uh, the teams who are uh, the leaders in their divisions and the teams that are going to be clinching over the next couple of days. I think AJ Pollock is, you know, the poster child for this because uh, he's someone who needs the rest, right? There's going to be plenty of guys who get the rest who don't need it. AJ Pollock is a guy who absolutely needs it with his injury history. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play just, you know, a keep him fresh amount of games the rest of the season, but otherwise get a lot of uh, a lot of time on the bench to make sure he's healthy for when this team starts its playoff run. All right. Well, the Dodgers, as is, is always, uh, they've got a deep roster. They've got several players who are very um, versatile in their uh, defensive capabilities. So uh, despite that, do you see anybody standing out uh, and grabbing playing time? Uh, or is this really, other than sitting Pollock, really uh, a situation that doesn't have much of an impact? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone here who grabs enough playing time to be especially um, attractive in the fantasy world over the last week and change of the season. There's going to be some playing time that gets doled out, but how it gets doled out and what those guys do with it doesn't make for enough of a combination where we want to go after these guys, at least where I don't want to really go after these guys. I think Pollock is a loser and no one else is a winner. Um, and of course, we are talking strictly fantasy wise here. Of course, of uh, course, of course. Uh, well, Austin Meadows <laughs> also, in that sense, uh, would seem to be uh, a fantasy value loser because uh, he left game one of this uh, raised doubleheader with the Orioles on Thursday with a sore oblique. Um, now, this is compounded by the fact that Meadows just hasn't really gotten on track this year. He's batting 204 with four home runs. So, you know, 
I would assume this is a day-to-day situation, maybe same as Pollock, that he plays just enough to, to keep fresh for the postseason. But is that reason enough to keep him around on rosters at this point? Yeah, I would still keep him around. I mean, I would want to see how serious this injury is. See, I would think that Meadows would have more of a line on playing time once the Rays clinch than Pollock would, for the reason that you said uh, with him really not being on track at all this season. Obviously, Austin Meadows falls into that huge pool of guys who, if this were a normal season, we would be saying, don't be too worried about him. Things are ultimately going to be fine. The end of season numbers will look okay. But even if the Rays win the World Series, they're only going to play half of what would be a normal Major League Baseball season. So they need him up and running and ready to go uh, when they do turn over to the playoffs. So I would think as long as this is an injury, that isn't something where playing is going to run the risk of making it worse, that we're going to see a fair amount of him. Now, it is an oblique, so it could be something where he just can't play through the injury. That's why I say let's wait and see a day or two, see how severe this injury is, and then go from there with how we handle Austin Meadows on our rosters. All right, well, let's take a look at some of the uh, pitching impacts of these clinches. Doesn't look like there's really any sort of impact here for the Dodgers, uh, whether it was by plan or just coincidence. It looks like Clayton Kershaw is just good to go to make the start in the first wild card game, uh, which would actually be the the Tuesday, uh, a week from the, this next Tuesday. Um, so it looks like everything lines up there that um, Dave Roberts doesn't have to do any kind of maneuvering in the in the final week of the season. Uh, not so much with the White Sox. Um, Lucas Giolito, as it stands right now, um, I mean, you would think that he would be the obvious choice to pitch a game one. He is slated to uh, pitch on Monday at Cleveland, and that would line him up again on Saturday. So again, from a fantasy perspective, you know, if you get just one start from uh, Lucas Giolito, I don't think you're complaining. I don't think you're <laughs> changing anything there. But Dallas Keuchel is also kind of interesting, too. Um, of course, he has been out with a back issue. He is um, scheduled to return to the White Sox rotation on Saturday to face the Reds. Um, that's a report that actually came to us on Thursday from Vinny Duber of NBC Sports Chicago. That would line him up to pitch against Cleveland uh, next Wednesday. Um, so... Uh, you know, do you see anything here, uh, any reason to be concerned about Keuchel? Or I don't think there's a reason to be concerned about Giolito. Uh, but do you see any anything here for us to adjust to? I don't think so. You're only getting one start out of Giolito. Be realistic about it. He's taking the ball in game one of the playoffs. And the only way for that to happen is for him to only make one more start the rest of the regular season. So take your one Giolito start and be happy with it. I think you'll get the two starts out of Keuchel. Again, this is a guy who the White Sox probably want to get him two outings right before the playoffs just to make sure the arm is nice and stretched out and that he's ready to go when things get real for them when they flip over to the playoffs. So I do think you'll get two starts out of Keuchel, maybe a limited pitch count in those starts, but I think you're going to get two outings out of him. That second one against Cleveland, a team that you know most could be in the playoffs at that point, could still be fighting for a playoff berth at that point. So well, I would feel fine rolling him out there uh, in those two starts, certainly. But uh, I'm thinking that's my bet. One start for Giolito, two starts for Keuchel, and then Giolito takes the ball game one for the White Sox. All righty. And, uh, you know, for the Rays, looks pretty straightforward to uh, Blake Snell and Tyler Glasnow should be well rested for um, a game one or a game two. Charlie Morton is maybe the one that wouldn't necessarily be um, sufficiently rested. But um, given that he's he's not really quite been himself this season, I'm, I'm not sure they'd go with Morton in a game one anyway. 
Yeah, I don't think they would either. I think we're going to be looking at uh, at, at Glasnow and, and uh, Snell taking the ball the first two games for Tampa. And they need Charlie Morton to be up and running and ready to roll for the playoffs. But uh, again, I think it's really the White Sox out of these teams, uh, these early clinchers, uh, who are going to have to play around with their rotation a little bit. Otherwise, Dodgers and Rays, things just seem to be falling right into place for them. Alrighty. Uh, so fortunately not too much for us to worry about. Just a few other injury updates here. Max Freed has already been activated by Atlanta and he is scheduled to return to their rotation on Friday to start against the Mets. Adam Eaton was placed on the 10 day injured list with a fractured finger. So his season is over. Mike Yastrzemski uh, left the Giants game on Thursday with a tight right calf. He was replaced mid game by Luis Alexander Basabe. Um, uh, against the Mariners, so uh, I suppose maybe he stands to get a little playing time if this is more than just a uh, um, you know a short uh, time o- away for Yastrzemski. Uh Anything you see there, uh, you know, I think Austin Slater probably you know doesn't get a big bump in playing time. And again, we don't even know what the severity is. Yeah, this is uh, another one of those situations where I don't think there's really enough of a fantasy impact for us to be diving into it with any sort of depth. Uh, If there is a fantasy impact, it is, again, the negative fantasy impact that this is enough of an injury for Yastrzemski that he misses time where you're really feeling hurt without him rather than Basabe or Slater or someone uh, looking or or finding themselves with more playing time and ending up on the fantasy radar. All right. Well, uh, we are going to look ahead here. Um, <laughs> hard to believe that this is going to be our last in-season episode where we uh, you know, can talk about weekly fab and weekly uh, lineup changes and things like that. But uh, it is such. So uh, in just a moment, we will take a look to the uh, week ahead and look at some fab targets. This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Hi, I'm the Athletics Joe Posnanski uh, for Indochino. You know, finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging, especially for somebody like me who has uh, a body type I would call um, dumpy. It's tough to find anything that fits right. You know, I'm not really a large. I'm not really an extra large. I'm not really a double extra large. I'm not really anything. So it's obviously, it's fantastic. You go to Indochino. They have you uh, go through this entire fitting process where you give them 
basically every single bit of information that you have about yourself. Uh, you have every measurement you have, uh, who your favorite beetle is, uh, you know, what, what, uh, you believe about the infield fly rule. And, uh, and then you come out and, and they're, they're going to send you, uh, clothes that are, uh, that fit you really better than anything you could possibly get in the store. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, casual wear, uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Customize everything from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and uh, monogram if you're a monogram kind of person. Uh, if you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget about the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everyone a tailored fit. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code JOE at checkout. Look at that, JOE. It's for me. JOE at checkout. That's super easy to remember. You go to Indochino.com, and the promo code is JOE. So, Michael, one of the uh, pitchers that I was eagerly looking to to see if he'd be available anywhere next week is Dakota Hudson, who I just feel is underowned and underrated. Uh, he's got the Royals in Kansas City. He's got a home start against the Brewers. Pretty decent matchups, really nice venues. I'm not sure the venues matter that much for Hudson because he gets gets a lot of grounders. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, Hudson now is dealing with a tight elbow. He left his start against the Pirates on Thursday early. So I think we can scratch that one from our list of uh, fab targets, unfortunately. But um, Tarek Skubal is still out there. Good number of leagues um, coming off a really good start. He does get the Twins, and he gets them in Minnesota uh, for his first start next week, but currently lines up for a second start at the Royals. Is it worth the risk of having that tougher matchup uh, up front next week? I think it is, and I think it is because if you are going after pitchers in this last week, then clearly you need something, right? I mean, you're not just making these claims just to make them. This isn't like, I'll see what this guy does. Maybe he gets hot, and three weeks from now I'm happy I have him, right? That is off the table at this point of the season. So if you are already in a position where you need to be going for pitchers on the waiver wire, then I think getting a Tarek Skubal start at Kansas City is worth the risk of a Tarek Skubal start against the Minnesota Twins. All right. And uh, how about Kyle Freeland? And actually, I'm just going to take a quick look because uh, Freeland was pitching in a game that is in progress currently. He was um, doing quite well and against the Dodgers, by the way. Uh, and in fact, Freeland is still in that game and, um, you know, working on a quality start, looking good against the Dodgers. And then next week, he's got the Giants, who have been a very good offense this year. Yeah. Uh, but that's in San Francisco. So a couple of road starts for Freeland, which is, you know, what you like to see for any Rockies pitcher. Finishes up, assuming he gets a second start, finishes up against one of the worst offenses in the majors in the Diamondbacks. So Freeland on the road, Giants, Diamondbacks, uh, plug him in next week. Got to feel pretty good about that two-step right there. And hey, maybe you get a Giants team that is without Mike Yastrzemski, who has uh, been one of their best hitters all season long. Even if it is a team with Mike Yastrzemski in San Francisco, you feel okay about it, and you definitely love that second start against Arizona. I would put Freeland over Scoobal personally. I think they're both claimable, though. Uh, I like that. I like that call a lot. Um, 
Well, uh, you know, a trickier call for next week is uh, Drew Smiley, who's been fantastic for strikeouts when he uh, does a lot of contact. There's been a lot of hard contact uh, against Smiley. He does get the Rockies. He's not going uh, up against Freeland one-on-one, by the way, uh, so there's no dilemma there. But uh, he does get the Rockies in San Francisco, so that's a pretty nice matchup. Finishes up with the Padres. And that could really go a number of ways because, of course, the Padres have a fantastic lineup, but maybe they've clinched a spot at that point. Maybe he's going to get... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was being unnecessarily cautious with that statement. They will have clinched by then. And, um, you know, they could be playing with something less than their best lineup. So, I don't know. Uh, and Smiley hasn't been going deep into starts either. So, a, a lot of uh, a lot of different factors to consider there with Drew Smiley. Yeah, and you can't really even take that Padres one too far because maybe they're also still trying to win the West, right? And maybe they're still uh, hot on the Dodgers' heels. So you can't really try to project who and who won't be in the lineup for the Padres when Smiley takes the ball. Again, like I said, if you are going for pitching, all these guys are worth a claim. If you need pitching, you need pitching. That's the bottom line, and you can only get the guys who are available. Of the three that we've discussed to this point, Smiley, for me, is pretty safely the third guy behind Freeland and Scooble. All right. And then uh, I also was looking for some one-start pitchers with just really good matchups. And there just weren't really a lot of, um, you know, like widely available and, you know, those kind of bubble type uh, streamers that uh, they they could be out there, particularly in your 12 teamers. uh, But, you know, they have a good enough chance of succeeding. Somebody who I thought was on that bubble was Alex Young. He gets the Rangers next week, but uh, just had an awful start uh, against the Angels on Thursday. So uh, I certainly, that, that makes me a little less excited about him. But Jose Arquiti, who's coming off a fantastic start, also gets the Rangers. So if he's out there, um, I, I feel like that's, that's uh, a must add. Yeah, I would feel very good about Jose Arquiti. And I think unless you really needed counting stats, that I would rather have a one-start Arquiti than a two-start Freeland or Scooble. Yeah, uh, I, yeah well, point well taken there. And as far as hitters go, you know, not again, not not a lot of hitters really in that sweet spot. Um, the the Nationals do have an eight game schedule, as Dribble Cabrera has been hitting in the middle of that lineup lately. So, uh, you know, maybe some counting stats potential there for his Dribble Cabrera. Four games against the Phillies, four against the Mets, and uh, all at Nationals Park, which is a good hitters park. Orioles only have six games next week, but I like their matchups: three at Boston, three at Toronto. Not you know, not really great pitching staffs uh, in either case. DJ Stewart, I'm surprised he's as available as he is. I think he's a must-add, uh, even though it's a six-game schedule. And Cedric Mullins and Jose Iglesias, maybe in some deeper leagues, uh, I think have some appeal as well. So, uh, you know, any thoughts as we uh, head into the final week here, Michael? It's just crazy that it's already here, right? The uh, shortest baseball season of all time felt even shorter than we expected it to be. I'm happy we got it in. I am looking forward to this last week. I am looking forward to the playoffs. And please, any baseball god who happens to be listening, please strike from the heads of any decision makers the idea of making this 16-team playoff a permanent fixture of Major League Baseball. Please, I beg of you. <laughs> well, and there are similar uh, sentiments that are um, have been aired on the pages of The Athletic, so you can go check that out. Well, that's going to wrap it up then for this episode. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, all five days. We will pivot to uh, more of a daily lineups uh kind of approach, but uh, we will be back. But that's going to be it for this episode and this week 
of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker. We will be right back here on Monday. 